Hey there, and welcome to the podcast of Real Life Spokane. We are so happy you are joining us today. We exist to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. And you can help us do that by liking, sharing, or subscribing to this podcast. Let's jump in. Well, I am so glad that you are here today. My name is Richie, lead pastor here, and believe that God got you here on purpose today. I want to talk about freedom and freedom in relationship with other people. I want us to think about freedom from maybe a different perspective today. My wife and I, we got married when we were young. I think she was 20. Uh, I was 23 when we got married. And we got back from our honeymoon in our, literally our first full day back from our, our honeymoon, we started into full-time ministry. I was a junior high pastor right out of college. And uh, learning how to love students uh, was an amazing adventure. We got hired at a massive church down in, in Tacoma uh, on the west side of our state here. And uh, it was a, an amazing church with a rich heritage full of all kinds of tradition. Um, the, the lead pastor there was in his 80s when I got hired there. And this guy was a legend in the denomination that we grew up in. And in fact, his sister started hospitals and orphanages in Calcutta. Her and Mother Teresa were homies. Like, literally, they hung out together. Like, if you think about how awesome people are spiritually, this family uh, has just got a legacy. In fact, this pastor's grandson is one of the kind of the largest pastors here in our nation still uh, today. They're just an amazing family of ministry. In fact, I often joked with our team, our staff there, that his office was like the Holy of Holies. Like, you just don't even walk down that hallway. And I remember the final interview. We were sitting in their office in, in kind of his um, really nice um, office couches and fridge and all this kind of awesome stuff. And he was kind of at, wrapping up the interview my, with my wife and I. And he's like, okay, so, so, so Richie, you play guitar, right? And I remember looking at my wife like, what? This, I'm applying to be a junior high pastor. I Music? And, you know, I just kind of look at her and, and she kind of gives me this half smile like, you better answer. Like, this is like our job, right? We, we need a job right out of college. And, and, and I said, well, I know like three or four chords. Like I used to mess around in the dorm rooms with all the guys at college. And he's like, well, you'll need to get guitar lessons then. And, and then he looked at my wife and he goes, you play piano, right? Um, like in fourth grade, I played piano, you know, like there was this kind of tradition within that movement, pastors, pastors, wives, you can do everything, like all that these guys can do up here, you can do it all. And we, we kind of like both just looked at each other, you know, uh, pastor, uh, if, if we did that, I think that would like shrink the church that would not like help what God is doing here. That would actually lead people far, far away from Jesus. If they saw us trying to play music and sing and do all that stuff. But isn't it amazing how there's like these traditions that get established in our hearts that become eventually expectations? That's what pastors do. That's what people do. That's what Christians do. That's what you should do. And finally, for many of us, we end up having these kind of expectations that emerge in our hearts so that people, if they're going to be in relationship with us, they have to look like us, act like us, sound like us, do what we would expect them to do. And if they can't live up to that level of expectation, then they got to get away from us. That's really not a lot of freedom. Many of us, if, if we're honest, there's relationships that have been broken in our lives because people have had to walk on eggshells around us. 
Traditions have gotten established in our hearts, become expectations of what it means to be in relationship with me. And many of us have actually driven people away. Jesus has a different way. This whole series is called Jesus Way because I believe that the relationships that have been broken and exposed for the disconnects that we've all experienced over the last couple of years Jesus' way of relationship is so much different than what many of us have experienced, what we've learned, what we've seen in culture, what we are experiencing right now. And we could try to rally our hearts to like the best practices of relationship. But I believe wholeheartedly that Jesus came to earth on purpose. God could have sat at a distance and said, hey, here's what I want you to be like. Here's the rules I want you to follow. Here's the things I want you to do and not do. Here's the checklist for your spiritual life. But instead, he chose to come and walk among us. John 1.14, one of my favorite verses says that the word became flesh. God actually came and dwelt among us. And, and John, that author, says we have seen him. We have seen his glory. And he came full of grace and truth. Jesus was able to balance perfectly grace and truth. Some of us have leaned toward the grace side of interactions with people. Others of us have learned towards, leaned towards the truth side. And Jesus was full of both, full of grace and full of truth. And I'm so glad that he came because he gave us a picture of what it looks like to live in relationship with other people. He didn't just give us concepts to agree with, but a person to emulate in Jesus Christ. And so we come to this conversation today with just a simple statement. Freedom is Jesus' way. Freedom in relationship. People being free to be in relationship with us. Let's look at Mark chapter 7 because Jesus gives us kind of a dialogue here to look at and understand where some of these traditions come from. If you've got a Bible or a Bible app, I want you to turn to the Gospel of Mark. It's in the New Testament, uh, chapter 7. If you need to Google it, you could do that. Uh, if you're on the screen with us, you can follow along there. Mark chapter 7, verse 1. The Pharisees, these were the religious leaders of that day, the pastors, the people who led the church of that day, some of the teachers of the law, the experts who knew exactly what God had handed them down from heaven, these Ten Commandments and all these other laws that they were to follow. They had come from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus. And they saw some of Jesus' disciples eating food with hands that were unclean. You see the quotes there. They were unclean. That is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. All right, get the backstory there. Thank you, Luke. Now, verse five. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they asked Jesus, hey, why don't your disciples, why don't they live according to the tradition of the elders? Instead of eating their food with unclean hands, they're frustrated. Why are your guys not acting like us guys? You get it, right? There's an expectation that's being unmet in this, this picture here unfolding in front of us. So Jesus says, Isaiah, he's speaking of a prophet in the Old Testament. He was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. It's not a nice term, right? Jesus is like, he was totally spot on when he was prophesying about you, you 
hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. This is a warning. Where in our lives are our mouths kind of playing this great religious games, but our hearts are very disconnected from Jesus? He says, they worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Verse 8, Jesus says, you have let go of the commands of God. What are the commands of God? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to his disciples, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions, literally setting aside what God wants for our lives, what he expects for us to walk out in relationship so that you can make up your own set of rules and hold everybody to those set of rules. For Moses said, honor your father and mother. He gives them an example. And anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death. That's what the, the law said. That's what the Old Testament said. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever you might otherwise have received from me is Corbin, this is like a traditional word in their language, that is a gift devoted to God. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. You found a loophole, is what Jesus said. You figured out a way to make all the things of God kind of void and null so that you can have these loopholes to do whatever you want and call them tradition. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and you do many things like that. Freedom in relationship. See, the problem in this passage is not that the, the religious leaders had a tradition. The church that I got hired at, it wasn't, the, the problem wasn't that um, I, I, you know, should have known how to play guitar. My wife should have known how to play piano, right? The problem was when, when in this passage, when Jesus' disciples are being held to a standard that God never established. And it's a great standard, right? Wash your hands. There's these ceremonies that go around with the, the traditions of the Old Testament law that these guys were trying to hold everybody to. And they're like, Jesus, you're not really a religious guy because your people don't do things the way we think they should do things. And Jesus is going, wait a second. You have taken the commands of God, set them aside, and replaced them with your own traditions, which have become expectations. And expectations are the, the recipe for disappointment and broken relationship. Every time we put our expectations on someone else, we are expecting them to live, perform to our standard, to our tradition, to what we've said is the most important thing. And in the moment that they don't live up to our expectation, now we have to make a decision. Do we stay in relationship with them or do we separate? Do they feel that tension? Usually it feels like walking on eggshells around us, right? Do they feel that, that disappointment, that broken expectation, and now they feel like they've got to distance themselves from us? See, these people were willing to nullify the word of God for their traditions. They're willing to set aside the most basic commands like love your neighbor as yourself. This is scary. I think this is a good picture for us to look at and go, wow, where have I grabbed a hold of uh, traditions made them expectations, and allowed them to be these things that I hold people to that I'm in relationship with. When I think of traditions, I think of what Jesus says. He said they've been taught, 
you've, you've held on to them or they've been handed down through maybe family expectations, family traditions, right? This is really, I think, what it is. It's a mindset that has gotten memorialized in your life. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of doing a relationship that now you've set up as the thing. And a tradition is, is something in our lives that has gotten so entrenched that people either have to agree with us or get away from us. There is no middle ground there. It is all me or we can't be in relationship. And so freedom is Jesus' way. And I want you to think about it from this standpoint. I want you to think about other people giving you freedom. I want you to think about you being the person that creates freedom in relationship with others. Because as we talk as Jesus Church here, some of you are not close to Jesus yet. You haven't put your faith in him yet. But, but our hope is that we would together make a, a wholehearted commitment to say, we want to learn to be Jesus people, Jesus church. We want to live Jesus way. That this world is struggling with relationship. And we're not waiting for the world to get different. We're going to become different, right? That we're going to become Jesus people, live Jesus way, and, and hold ourselves to Jesus standard for what relationship looks like. So this is not a sermon about those people out there needed to give us more freedom. This is a conversation about you and I learning how to bring freedom into the relationships that we have. Think about traditions for us that have become expectation. It may not be a hand-washing ceremony that you struggle with. Any in the room? No? Okay. Yeah. I didn't think so. Maybe. Maybe. We, for many of us, though, you think about some of your religious tradition. Uh, when, whenever people come to real life, there's always this kind of, what kind of church are you? Because I come from a fill in the blank, right? I come from a verse-by-verse church or, or a spirit-filled church, right? Or I come from, uh, uh, um, you know, this kind of denomination or that kind. You might have a religious tradition that governs your preferences that have been entrenched in your mind now as like, this is the way church has to go. For some of us, it might be a family expectation. How you parent your kids. We only eat organic food, right? And if we're going to hang out, we're going to have a play date. You can't have any non-organic snacks at this play date, right? Like, you know, maybe that's not how extreme you are, but maybe you are kind of extreme about eating organic and whatever. It's great. Eat healthy. That's awesome, right? But, But maybe it's private education. All your friends got to go to private school, right? Or, or, or uh, have to make sure that they homeschool the way that you homeschool because homeschooling, or maybe you're like, no, public school. My kids are the light of the world, right? And everybody else at homeschools, they're terrified of this. You know, like, ah, like, whoa, wait a second. Our, our, our traditions have become these expectations and people either have to agree with us or get away from us. Maybe it's a political tradition. And we say amen to politics dividing us recently, right? That it has been, oh, well, well, this party seems to carry the most biblical values. And so everybody's got to be after this part or, or this set of policies, right? Jesus would vote for those policies, right? And, and, and we've spiritualized politics and made it these divisive things. Like now we all have to agree on this or else we can't be in relationship anymore. Maybe it's family traditions, political traditions, or maybe it's, it's a relational one. I think about how easy it is to go. The people I learn from are the best at what they do, right? I only learn from the experts. 
I only, I only pay attention to the best of the best and all the rest of you losers around me, right? You got nothing to say. <laughs> we accidentally do this. We, we have this real arrogant way about like who we listen to and who we learn from and who we don't. Maybe it's, it's about trust. The people I trust will never hurt me. That's an expectation. So everybody's tiptoeing around you going, I better not hurt them. I better not hurt them, Right? Maybe, maybe, um, maybe it's a relational tradition or an expectation that you've established. Hey, if we're going to be friends, we're going to be best friends, right? Like every waking moment or, or in a connect group. You know, Grayson was sharing the story about how it becomes this amazing family. And maybe some connect groups are like, well, we don't have a family, so this will be my family. And what if somebody else in the connect group doesn't feel like this is my family and they don't act like it's family and then you're mad at them for not acting like it's family? I need a family, Right? It's so easy to create these traditions and these expectations and hold people to them. And here's what the problem is with this whole conversation is when we are doing this, we are taking issues that are kind of like, they're important, they're good to talk about, but, but pretty soon these issues become an issue between us and them instead of between us and God and them and God. And we've put ourselves and them in this weird spot now where if we can't get this worked out, then we just can't be in relationship anymore. When we learn to give freedom in relationship, we're giving freedom for people to stand before God as the one who is the judge. And, and for us to stand before God, making it between us and God and them and God and not making it kind of this, this divisive thing. So let me just help you think about this for a moment. How do we bring freedom into our relationships? You can't love with freedom in a relationship if you aren't free in Jesus. What do I mean? The good news about Jesus Christ is the gospel of freedom. That every single one of us are born into this world in slavery to our sinful nature, which is our selfish desires, that if we aren't meeting those sinful desires, those selfish desires inside of us, we are enraged. We are constantly trying to get those needs met. We are born enslaved to that sinful nature, and we are born under the curse of death. So Jesus is such good news because he came to set us free from the law of sin and the law of death. He came to take our sin upon himself live a sinless and perfect life. You know what is so important? Jesus came born of a virgin. Why was that so important? Because he was not infected with the same sinful nature that you and I were born with from our mother and father, Adam and Eve, from so long ago. He didn't have that same infection, and he remained sinless and perfect. And so he becomes the perfect one who was willing to substitute his perfection for all of our imperfection. When Jesus went to the cross, went to the grave, he went there to do war, to set us free from the law of sin and death so that we no longer have to live in captivity to our sinful desires and this fear of death one day. That we know that Jesus will take us to be with him forever in eternity. There's a resurrection that we get to live for. We don't have to live in fear of death. We don't have to live under the control of our sinful nature, right? Like this is the good news of Jesus Christ. 
And because of that freedom, we have the opportunity now to live in that freedom. We don't have to be controlled by our nature. We don't have to be controlled by fear. The thing that we should fear the most is death, and Jesus conquered that, right? And so fear doesn't own us. Sin doesn't own us. We have the opportunity to live free. And so for many of us, the grace that we have received needs to learn to be the grace that we extend to other people. If you're having a hard time giving grace to others, many times it's a hard time for us to receive the grace of God ourselves. Maybe I, I, I'm struggling to receive forgiveness for those past sins or the addiction I'm still wrestling with, and so it's really hard for me to extend forgiveness to other people. I, I would love to be free, but I don't feel free, and so you, you probably shouldn't be free either. And so there's this disconnect of the freedom of our own hearts. And really, I think there's, a, this is going to sound weird to say it this way, but I think there's a level of pride there. But honestly, most of the time, it's us trying to make ourselves right and get it right and do it right. And that pride kind of swells us and creates more expectation on others. And that expectation is what destroys relationship. It eliminates freedom. But the more humble we are, recognizing how good God's grace has been in our lives, how much freedom he's offered us, man, the, the ability to extend grace to others without expectation, without them having to fit into our box and, and live by our rules, man, that just begins to flow out of us. So, so measure freedom that you have for other people by measuring. Just a couple of questions here for you. Am I constantly disappointed in people? I was thinking about when the pandemic first broke and all these leaders emerged on the scene that I had no idea existed. Did you know we had like a county health official, right? Like I know these are important roles, but all of a sudden they're like thrust into the spotlight. They're like, what do they think about the pandemic? And what are they going to say about our kids going to school? And what do they think? Like, all of a sudden, they're thrust into these places of massive decisions and leadership. And, and here's what happened in my mind, in my heart. Well, if they're the leader, they better act like a leader. And then as soon as they didn't act like a leader, I thought they should act like, now I'm disappointed. Who voted for these people, right? And, and it's so easy to get there, isn't it? We have these expectations, and then they don't meet them, and now all of a sudden, we're all upset. Am I finding myself constantly disappointed in people? Am I prescribing outcomes in my relationships with people? Hey, when I send you that note, you're going to send me a thank you note back, right? When I, when I like your text or when I heart it, right, you're going you're gonna to heart mine next time I send it to you, right? There's, there's this, like, prescribed outcome that many of us have in relationship that, that we need to take a, take a kind of a, a snapshot of and go, wait a second, am I prescribing outcomes? Am I constantly disappointed? Are people walking on eggshells around me? There's just some evaluation questions for you to think about for a second. And just kind of for a moment with me, I'd love to just go, Jesus, you got to remind us of who we are, where we've come from, where this freedom really stems from, and how we can be a people that walk your way in relationship. Freedom is Jesus' way. Romans 14, verse 10 is so good. This whole chapter, if you're, if you're taking notes, you got to get after all of Romans 14 this week. I, I promise you it'll do you so good. Uh, it speaks of like meat sacrifice to idols, which isn't necessarily a relevant topic, but if you're struggling with like the political scene or a relationship um, that has gotten divided, Romans 14 is so powerful for this. 
Verse 10 says, you then, why do you judge your brothers or sisters? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God, of ourselves to God. Each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind. Make up your mind. Be intentional, thoughtful. Make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. What's a stumbling block? An obstacle. It's an expectation. If they don't meet this expectation, they're going to trip and fall, and they are going to be way less in my mind. Freedom is to not put any obstacle in their way of them becoming who God has called them to be. So, gosh, I, I am on a kick lately. I am going way over time. I'm sorry, worship team. I, uh, I, uh, I want to help just for a moment, if we can, how to walk in freedom in relationship with others. There's this just simple truth that has been so powerful for me in this because I am a very idealistic person, and many of you are as well. There's a way that you think things ought to go in this world. This is what fills you with passion and, and like energy and drive, like your workplace, your kids, your, your marriage, your, your different spheres of relationship. You have an expectation of what you want it to be like, and usually it's a very idealistic expectation. The perfect marriage, right? Perfect kids. You know, you know the, the, your workplace is going to be the most fulfilling place to work on the planet. Ooh, good luck with that, right? Like there, there is so much expectation that we have on our lives and our spheres of relationship. How do we walk in freedom where we allow others to be free to be in relationship with us? I, I would say the first thing that's been so helpful for me is the number one, be idealistic with yourself. Take that idealism, that, that, that desire for awesomeness that you have in your life and that expectation and start with you. Start with yourself and, and really be passionate about, am I being that kind of person? Am I being like, maybe with your kids, you want them to love Jesus and you want them to be successful and you want them to honor their father and mother. That's what the Bible says, right? But when was the last time you honored somebody? Maybe they've never heard you honor anybody, and so they're emulating what they see, not what you want. And for so many of us, it's, it's, it's like that. There's this disconnect in, in our expectation and in our reality of who we are. And so start with that expectation and that idealism pointed at yourself. Paul says it like this in Romans 12, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourselves, here's the key word, with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed. Sober judgment. There's a reality to soberness, right? When you're intoxicated, you're not dealing with reality, right? Sober is, is reality. Here's where I'm really at. So as a, as a pastor, as your leader, I understand that the culture that we have as a church is really, um, man, as a leader here, primary leader, it is so important that I embody who I want us to be. For example, I believe that God has called us to be a church that is passionate about lost people being, being found and being, being rescued by Jesus out of hell. And, and the idealism starts with this. 
Not why aren't you and why aren't we and what should, it's, it starts with me, Richie. Are you reaching people who are far from Jesus? Am I meeting with, am I discipling, am I walking with people that are disconnected from Jesus, that are struggling to know hope and, and wonder who Jesus is? That idealism has to be pointed at ourselves first and foremost. That we look at ourselves with a sober judgment. We do this all the time. We overinflate how awesome we are and we deflate everyone else, right? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Actually, you know, if you knew my story, you would give me a little more grace than this, right? And, and we're like super like um, kind of, humble and meek and, and, and realistic about our stories and where we've come from and all the journey that we've been on. And, and yet we're super like critical and, and idealistic with everyone else. And I th I'm just saying, flip that. You know, start with being idealistic with yourself. Be the kind of person you would want to be in relationship with. And allow that to drive you to this place of humility, of sober judgment. God, where am I really? What is it that you're doing in my life? What are you calling me? What's my next step? That's number one is be idealistic with yourself. And number two is this, be realistic with everyone else. So when I think about the journey that everyone is on, there's an opportunity for grace to be extended. I mentioned the political leaders that were thrust onto the scene. Wow, these people, when they got voted in, had no idea that a pandemic was coming, right? They never led through anything difficult like this. I remember just listening, even, even the principal at my girl's school, listening to the way the principal was leading families and students through the, the you know, immersion of this pandemic and just watching the grace and the humility. And I remember taking notes during one of the voicemails that they sent. Literally, I'm like, the empathy that this leader is leading with right now is blowing me away. Like, I, I want to lead like this. And, and, and I just... I feel like there's this realism that, that needs to be extended to everyone else. Everybody is in a process, real life. Everybody is on a journey to become who God made them to be. And I want to be somebody that they can be in relationship with on this journey. I don't want to be one of those, those weirdos that they can't be around until they get their life put together, right? I want to be somebody that they can actually be with in process. And so, so grace looks like that that, that just recognition, they're in a process. And it also looks like a ton of optimism. What could be in their life with Jesus? What might happen if Jesus worked in their life? You, you've got a broken relationship with your parents. Like, what if God did something supernatural in them to keep hoping, to keep praying, to keep longing for that kind of miraculous work in their lives? Is a heart posture that is so important that we keep this reality in front of us. Like, hey, they're in a journey. They're in a process. They're, they're being changed. They're being healed. All of that is happening. But God, what you might do through them is going to be amazing. And keeping that optimism high is so important. Not allowing yourself to just take those expectations and dump them on people and, and, and create this like intensity around you. I know for me, this is probably one of my greatest leadership journeys is going, God, how do I be a person that gives freedom to people around me? Where they are where they are, they're growing towards God's version of ideal, not my version, and I'm on board to be a part of that journey. God, I want to be in the middle of whatever you are doing in their lives. Think about our kids, your kids. You know, as mine are growing through the teenage years right now, and there's all this future orientation about college, career, and everybody's got, you know, 
expectations, demands on their lives, for me to just kind of, I feel like the Holy Spirit's work so much lately has been, Richie, shut your mouth. Honestly, everybody is telling them what to do with their lives. Could, could you be the kind of dad that is with them in this journey, not coaching them from the sidelines, telling them how to live their lives? For many of us, that freedom is so difficult to get to because maybe we've, we've struggled to give grace to ourselves and we've put a lot of expectation on ourselves and so, so we, we find ourselves critical and judgmental of everyone else. Jesus said it so good in Matthew 7. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, the rule, the tape measure, that thing that you're using, that's what's going to be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank, a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. Seems like the theme today, doesn't it? Jesus is saying, hey, hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Freedom is Jesus' way. And let's just think about how important it is as Jesus' people to be constantly thinking of ourselves with a sober judgment and allowing Jesus to change us, transform us, heal us, make us new. Move those, those traditions and those priorities around in our lives and allow us to, to just settle into his grace working in us. There's just this humility that just oozes out of people who are being changed by Jesus. Not experts, not like, oh, I've got this life figured out, but God is humbling me this way. He's changing me this way. He's, he's, he's shaping my heart over here. He's speaking to me about this. Man, when you're in process, it's so much easier to allow other people to be in process. But if you're stuck or if you feel like you've got, you know, things figured out, that pride keeps us heavy-handed with tradition and expectation on other people. Maybe I could have boiled this all down a little sooner, but that's really what I feel like this comes down to is oftentimes those expectations, those traditions that we're holding on to are just pride. And this is a conversation about just God humble me. Show me how much grace I need, how much process I'm in, so that God, I could be somebody that brings freedom to every relationship. So here's what I believe that you long, we long to be Jesus' church, and Jesus' church is a place where people dream about lives being changed. We don't want to just kind of hole up with all the religious people and poke holes at what's wrong with each other until Jesus comes back. We, we want to be on a rescue mission together. People that are lost and dying all around us, all throughout this city, this region, this world, God has given us a mission to go where they are, to love them where they are, and help them experience all that Jesus called them to and wants to do in their lives. And I don't want to be off mission, sitting on my hands, frustrated with everybody else. I want to be right in the middle of God's work and God's grace. Make us a people, Jesus, who bring freedom to our relationships. See, this is a conversation about living Jesus' way in relationship with people where, where, where he is constantly saying, hey, you are where you are. Come on. I want to show you my way. I want to show you a different way. Would you come with me on this journey? And I believe that God can shape you for his purposes through this. All right. I need to be done. Let's stand to our feet and pray today. Lord, you see every, every single one of us in this room. You know, God, that you have called us by name. 
some of us, God, are just now interested, God, in who you are and what you're doing. Others of us, God, have been knowing you've been drawing us for years, God. And here we are, Jesus, longing for freedom in our own life, longing for freedom in our relationships, God, healing. God, I think of those that recognize where they've caused brokenness in relationship today, God, that you would just be the God of comfort, that you're not done working in those broken relationships, God, that you have something in mind. You have restoration, you have healing, you have freedom in mind, God. Those of us, God, that have felt ourselves disconnected through different different things in this season, God, whether it's, it's divisive conversations or arguments, God, with family members, Lord, I just pray that you would make us agents, God, of freedom and reconciliation, God. We're trusting you to show us your way, Jesus. Lord, draw people to yourself. God, use us. Make us your people, Jesus. We love you in your name. Thanks again for tuning in to the Real Life Spokane podcast. We want to encourage you and help point you closer to Jesus. So be sure to visit our website or to reach out on that phone number. We love you, Real Life. See you next time.